Well, once again, being the second Sunday of Advent, the subject matter today is peace. Uh, we all want to live peaceful lives, don't we? I know I do. As Christians, as the years go by, hopefully we're all able to find more peace and a deeper peace in each of our lives. That's God's will for us. Conflict and turmoil abound today, and they just seem to make our lives miserable. I've told you that there are times watching TV or the news or whatever the case may be, where I just have to, to turn it off and say, God, grant me peace. I can't handle this. God, I know you can look at this world and everything that's happening on this world, and you can handle it, but I can't. That's, it's just too much for me. So there are times that I just have to work, walk away from it in order to, to find peace. The things that are going on in, in the world today, the conflict and the turmoil, ruin our physical and mental health. So we have to be careful. God wants us to pursue peace as much as possible in every situation of our lives. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have always existed. Understand that. And they have always existed in perfect peace. They show us how to get that peace in our lives. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Finding peace. Now, I'm going to look at three different areas where peace is needed in each of our lives. And I think it's kind of a step-by-step -step procedure. Point one, point two, and point three. Now, the starting point, the first area where peace must be achieved in our lives is in our relationship with God. That's the starting point, okay? We can't per pursue peace in other areas until we, first of all, find peace between ourselves and God, our Creator. I want to turn here to Matthew, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 59. <clears throat> because Isaiah, speaking to the ancient Israelites, kind of fills us in on what our relationship with God has been until we come to the point of salvation in Jesus Christ. Notice he says in Isaiah 59 verse 2, but your iniquities, your sins in other words, have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue mutters wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads his case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments and speak lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Now this was a good description of ancient Israel, as it is a good description of our country today, behind the scenes. <coughs> and of all countries for that matter. This is the situation of the world. <coughs> now we have to take that truth and apply it to our own individual lives. Amen. We've all been sinners before God. We've all come short of what God's expectations of us ha have been. So we have to take it personally in other words. Take a little sip of water. 
let's read on in, in verse 7. He says, Their feet rush into sin. They are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are evil thoughts. Ruin and destruction mark their ways. The way of peace they do not know. There is no justice in their paths. They have turned them into crooked roads. No one who walks in them will know peace. So I think we can all admit, looking at our personal lives in times past, that these scriptures apply to us. When we didn't know God, and I mean know him intimately and personally, our lives have been like this. And there's a penalty to be paid for sin in our lives. Skip ahead to verse 18. According to what they have done, so will he, God, repay. Wrath to his enemies and retribution to his foes. He will repay the islands their due. From the west men will fear the name of the Lord, and from the rising of the sun they will revere his glory. For he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. So there's a penalty for sin. We're told elsewhere that the wages of sin is death. And that's a, a penalty that we would all have had to pay because of our sins. But here's the good news, verse 20. The Redeemer will come to Zion. To those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. So even though this was a message for ancient Israel, God asking the country as a whole to turn around, to, to turn back to God, instead of being cursed and taken away as prisoners into captivity because their nation has been invaded and destroyed, he encourages them to turn back to God, every last one of them. The message applies to us as well, that we have to realize that we've been sinners all of our life, and there's a penalty to be paid for our sins, but then the same message applies to us here in verse 20 about a redeemer that God the Father is going to make a Redeemer available to us. And of course, it's his son, Jesus Christ. And notice, this Redeemer will come to who? To those in Jacob who repent of their sins. So this is the gospel in a nutshell. In order to have peace with God, we have to realize our situation. We've cut ourselves off from God because of our sins. And hopefully we have a desire to be restored to God. Instead of a relationship of animosity because of our sins, we want a relationship of peace with him. And that's why he sent a redeemer. That's why he sent his son to come to this earth, to live a perfect life, and then to die on the cross, even though he didn't deserve it. And his death would pay the penalty for our sins. Through his death we can once again have peace with God. A peaceful relationship can be restored if we repent. That's what's required. Jesus did this for the whole world, but it's only those who will humble themselves, admit that they're sinners, and repent to God. That your relationship with him can once again be a relationship of peace. Turn to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Notice how Paul words this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, 
So Jesus died on the cross for us. We believe that. We put our faith and trust in that. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we don't have to worry anymore. First and foremost, our goal has been to restore a peaceful relationship with God. That has to come first. Because it has to do with our eternal life, our eternal salvation. And that was made possible through the death of Jesus Christ. Now it is our duty to believe that, to have faith in that, and to have trust in that. So that's important too. It's not just an event that you have to recognize happened, you have to believe that that event, Jesus' death on the cross, applies to you personally. You have to take it personally, believe it and have faith and trust in it. And if you do, and, and this faith and trust is a growing thing throughout all of our lives, you know, maybe when we first become Christians, we're kind of iffy and you know, our, it, our faith doesn't have much depth, but the longer we're Christians, that faith, like a, a strong, tree takes root and it becomes a part of us and it holds us together during troublesome times. So if you believe that Jesus is your savior, if you believe that he died for you personally, if you've humbled yourself and repented of your sins, you have a relationship of peace with God. Believe it. You have a relationship of peace. God is no longer vengeful toward you. God's wrath has been erased because of Jesus' death on the cross. He paid the price so that wrath can be taken away. So that's the starting point, okay? Now a lot of people put the cart before the horse and they're trying to find peace in their life somehow with all the troubles they have and they've never established peace with God. It's not gonna work that way. You have to start with your relationship with God in finding peace there. And only then can your peace then affect other aspects of your life. And we come to the second kind of peace that we must, must find in our lives. And that is peace with ourselves. Peace with ourselves. Once you establish peace in your relationship with God, secondly, you have to find peace with yourself. And I know a lot of people who struggle with that. They continually remember bad things that they've done in the past. They continually remember how maybe they destroyed their marriage by their actions. They destroyed their relationship with their kids. Uh, not only is their marriage broken, their family's broken. Maybe because of sins they've committed, they've lost their job. Uh, and you know, the, the list is endless. And they spend the, the rest of their life mourning they spend the rest of their life regretting, trying to figure out how they can possibly put it all back together. And you know what? Without God, it's very difficult, if not totally impossible. So that's why I said you must first find peace with God before you can start finding peace with yourself. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and we'll begin in verse 6. We're talking about now finding peace with yourself. Being able to live with yourself. 
in spite of your sinfulness and the mistakes you've made in the past and maybe are still making. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6. We're told here, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And now the only way you can present your requests to God if you've already found peace with him. Because if you haven't found peace with God yet, you're going to be afraid to take anything to God. Maybe you're going to be unbelieving when it comes to taking anything to God. Maybe you've convinced yourself that God doesn't even exist. But once you've established that peaceful relationship with him again through Jesus Christ, now you're to present your personal requests to God. As you realize that your life is all screwed up and it's what you've made it to be, he says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, so now the healing can begin. Now the anxiety can start to be healed. Now the regret and the sorrow and the remorse over your past life and what you've made it to be can begin to be healed. It's not going to happen like that. It's going to take time. But you see, now that you've established a relationship with God, you're going to begin to realize who you are. Now, yeah, you've been a sinner all your life, but now that you've established your relationship with God, you realize you're a forgiven sinner. You're a forgiven sinner. Your sins of the past are not going to be held against you by God. Now, certainly, sometimes when we try to get our lives back together after having gone astray, we have, might have to go to some people that we've hurt and maybe go and apologize and to say, you know what, I just realized now, it's just come to me what a fool I've been. And I just want you to know that uh, I'm sorry for all the things that I did in the past. I'm sorry for the things that I said to you. Uh, now, whether people are going to believe you or accept that apology is going to be up to them. But you see, now you're starting to find peace with yourself. Now that you found it with God. There's an inner peace that comes to us from fully believing God and trusting him. Trusting that our sins are forgiven. Trusting that we are now forgiven and beloved sons and daughters of God. That we're saved by grace. That God loves you just as much as he loves his son. He shares that same love with us. And you know what? This is a process that, that we have to go through to one extent or another, depending on our past lives. We want to find peace with ourselves now that we found peace with God. And to help us in this regard, we are given, once we are born again, we are given the very peace that God enjoys as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it lists the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 22 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace. So that is a gift that God gives us. He gives us his very peace. The peace that he has experienced for all time as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He blesses us with that peace. 
And like I said, it doesn't hit you like a ton of bricks immediately. It begins to take root in your life. You start to, to, to straighten out your life. You, you, you begin to try to undo mistakes that you made in the past. And maybe you can't undo all of them. You've un, un, undone them between yourself and God. When it comes to other people, we can't count on them forgiving us like God forgives us. But we do our best. We try to live differently. You know, you, you tell somebody you're sorry and they say, well, uh, I've heard that before. Prove it. Okay, I'm going to start today to prove that I'm a different person, that I'm not going to be the way I used to be. I'm really going to try not to hurt people, not to lie, not to cheat, and to do all those other things that I used to do. So after achieving peace with God and with ourselves, and again, it's not, with God, it's, forgiveness is instantaneous. When you're dealing with other people, it's not so instantaneous. It takes time and it takes proof. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. And it's going to be based on how they see you start to live your lives. And then they may start to, to forgive you and start to see that you're a different person. And you may be able to restore some relationships, maybe not all of them, but God wants us to try. So point number one, establish peace with God. And we've been told how to do it through Jesus Christ. Point number two, begin to establish peace with yourself. You know, you may not love yourself as much as God loves you, but I think in time, at least you'll be able to feel comfortable with yourself. You'll accept yourself as you are. And maybe it's not going to be until Jesus Christ returns and our full change comes that we truly see what God has done in our life and how he has turned us around for the better. And only after you seek peace with God and with yourself, point number three, can we seek peace with others. Seek peace with others. Let's turn to Colossians chapter three, beginning in verse five. Colossians three and verse five. Now, Establishing peace with other people, like I said, with God, if he knows you're sincere and you've repented, he forgives you instantly. It's not so easy with other people. They're not God. And they deal with the same fallen human nature that we deal with. So don't be disappointed if forgiveness and, and peace doesn't come instantaneously. Hopefully it'll, it will come over time. But here in Colossians 3, beginning in verse 5, Paul talks about, first of all, the things that do not promote peace with other people. The things that do not promote peace. Verse 5, he tells us to put to death. In other words, get these things out of your life if you're trying to restore peace in your relationships with other people. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality... Okay, maybe that's why your marriage was destroyed, because you cheated on your wife. Well, you got to get that out of your life. Impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. 
You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now, okay, now that you're trying to restore peace in your relationships with other people, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Here's some more. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So you see, a lot of those traits and characteristics are the reasons why you don't have peace with other people. Now, I'm not talking about what other people are doing. I'm talking about what you're doing and what I'm doing. You can't change other people. You can only change yourself. He says, now that you've taken off your old self with its practices, verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So to restore peace in our relationships with other people, you can't expect them to forgive you instantly like God can. God has the ability to do that. Other people have been burned before, <laughs> you know. They're not going to just forgive for the sake of forgiving. It's going to take proof on their part. You have to begin to be a changed person. And not only are you doing that for those other people, you're doing it for God. Because you now represent God in your life. You're a new creation. Now, beginning in verse 12, he talks about the things that do promote peace with other people. Okay, contrary to the list we just read through, look at what he says in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Yes, you are dearly loved by God. Never forget that. Never doubt it. Clothe yourself with compassion. Okay, you want to have a peaceful relationship toward other people? Try being compassionate toward them. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. So again, I can't guarantee that the other person's gonna forgive you, but here's what God's telling you. You forgive them. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So this is going to produce peace. Not only between you and God, within yourself, but now we're talking about in your relationships with other people. Let the peace of Christ, and don't forget, it's his peace that he gives you. It's not something you kind of worked up yourself. It's a gift from him. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we seek what is called the peace of Christ. It's the peace that characterizes his life and the relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit throughout all time. Now, we live in a world that is desperately trying to find peace. 
as long as we've all been alive, how many wars have we witnessed in our lives? You know, we've witnessed the Vietnam War, the Middle Eastern Wars, the Korean War. I don't know if we have any here who uh, experienced World War II or, or before that. It's the history of the human race, warfare. There has been no peace. They're always seeking peace. You know, they created the United Nations, remember that? This big building in New York City where all the representatives of countries all over the world come, and what do they do? Well, they generally argue with one another. Have they found peace? Has, has world peace come to this world? Absolutely not. Why? Well, whose peace is it that they're seeking? Jesus. The peace of Jesus Christ. And if they leave him out of the picture, there's no way that there's going to be peace on this earth. You know, Jesus said in the Beatitudes, I won't turn there, but Matthew 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters of God. So if you have established peace between yourself and God, if you have established peace in yourself because of God's promises, the knowledge and faith that we're sons and daughters of God, we're forgiven, we have eternal life ahead of us, there's a special blessing for you. Those who make peace with God, with themselves, and seek to make peace with others as much as possible. Like, like I said, it's on your shoulders. Other people may reject you or they may accept you. That's up to them. But we need to try. One last scripture I want to turn to in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. You know, there's a way of, of, of going about finding peace. And if you're not going about it the right way, you're never going to find it. Just look at the history of, of this world through millennia. And all the wars that have been fought. All those that have died and suffered. When Jesus was about to depart, this is what he said. John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. So it's his peace, okay? And as he's departing, he knows that this is something we're going to need as his followers. Peace I leave with you, my peace, my peace, he says, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So it's his peace that he brings to all who believe. Peace is total well-being and inner rest in your spirit, in fellowship with God. This peace is a gift from God. Now, if you're not in fellowship with God, there's no way you're going to be able to have the peace that Jesus Christ left for us. Notice he said here, I do not give to you as the world gives. So the world can only express a longing or a wish for peace. But Jesus' peace is a real and present reality in the lives of his followers. That's us. So don't forget the step-by-step -step procedure. To have peace in one's life, you first have to establish it with God. And I think all of us sitting here have done that already. We've repented of our sins. We've claimed Jesus as our Savior. 
and he has brought peace to our relationship with the Father. We've been restored in our relationship with him. No longer are we cut off by our sins. Yeah, we still sin occasionally, but because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, sin is no longer held against us. Jesus paid the penalty for us. I think most of us have made a lot of progress in finding peace with ourselves. Maybe sometimes we still struggle. I think I, think I still do sometimes, a little bit, when, when something comes along or maybe memories from the past or real uh, big mistakes that I've made or stupid things that I've done. But you know what? I think to myself, that's forgiven. I have God's word on that. It's not held against me anymore. So I can have peace with that. I know I'm not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. But I have the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's been given to me as a gift through his grace. Making peace with other people, boy, that's a daily challenge, isn't it? Because like I said, those other people are not God. They can't forgive as easily as God can. They're struggling with their own issues. And uh, they're very judgmental, as we used to be and maybe still are a little bit. And it's going to take a lot of time and patience in restoring peace and relationships with other people. But don't forget that list that we've been given. Things that promote peace. Try to be that way in your life. And, you know, maybe when you wake up in the morning and you're about to go to work or you're about to, to start your day, just ask God, Lord, whoever I come in contact with, help me to live that kind of life so that I can live in peace with my fellow man. I can love them as I love myself. The great commandment. Love God, but love your neighbor as yourself. It's a lifelong struggle for all of us. I think we've made progress along the way, but we must continue to strive for the example of Jesus Christ in our lives. So peace, man, we all want peace in our lives. We've learned more about it, where it comes from, and how to attain it. It is possible. It is possible. God grant us the peace that we all seek. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that the peace that you have experienced for all time as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was brought to this earth by Jesus Christ. And it is available to us. And now we know how to achieve it. Help us to make sure our relationship with you is right. Help us to be at peace with ourselves. Because sometimes we're our own worst critic and our own worst enemy. Help us to come to peace with ourselves, Father, and know that our lives are in your hands. Our sins are forgiven, and you love us dearly. But as we struggle in our relationships with other people, help us to always try to do the right thing. Not to be swept away with the rage and the anger and all the things that are going on in this world, but help us to be different. Help us to be that light that shines in the darkness. Father, through your strength and your power, we know that we can do that. So God be with us. So thank you so much. Protect us during this week. Help us to stay healthy, Father. Help us to be strong. And help us to learn to love you more deeply. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.